Hello, 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 and welcome, welcome, welcome to WDGS on your podcast station today, today, today. I've had to do some meditating about something someone else had to say. Oh, I tell you, I was in an encounter of a conversation with an individual and just sharing as we share alike, sharing and caring. They shared something with me and they said they hope I do not take it offensive. And they mentioned my advocacy on executing information. And I'm paraphrasing my own words. And I, one of the words, the key word that they did use is when I'm adamant about something, there's no changing. And I said, but you know why? And it's not because I think I know everything. It's not because no one could tell me anything. But when I'm adamant about something, it's because I have tried and tested. And God has revealed to me this is what to do or what to say. And when you're standing on The mandate of God. One thing my life experience has taught me time and time again. You will never go wrong. How many of you understand that? It's easy to allow somebody to persuade you to wade over on their side. It's easy to allow someone to persuade you to change your mind, to change your direction, to change your decision. But when you know that you know that you know that you're adamant about something that you've had to be tried and tested and fart, you know, uh, like they do feathers off a bird. You just can't let people continue to persuade you. It's something wrong with that picture. I'm just saying you have to make it match and make it make sense. And that's the thing about life. You can always stand adamant in what you believe. If you don't believe this, this is an old cliche. If you don't believe what you believe, you'll fall for anything. See, I believe in God, no matter what, beyond a shadow of a doubt. God has shown me that he can make ways out of no way. God has shown me when I don't allow my feelings to make decisions, I come out on top. God has shown me. That when he give you money for a specific reason, hello, and you mess around and don't do it for that reason, it'll be hard to get it back again. There are just things that experiences in life have made me adamant about. And once my mind is made up, that means my heart is already fixed. And this is one of the reasons why I don't twist people's arms. I allow people a free will choice. If their mind is made up and it's something they believe, it doesn't matter how many sermons they hear. It don't matter how many times you pray for them. It don't matter what you say. See, this is where we get caught in the delusion. We think it's our job to change people's mind. No, it's not. The only job that God mandates us to do is provide guidance and execution to what we know is true. And that means you got to live by what you say. I'm not going to tell you that it's, it's, it's wrong for you to commit uh, fundication if I'm committing it. I'm not going to say anything to you that may bruise your emotions and your ego. Hello. If it's something I'm not willing to do. Because that means I will be operating in a deception of execution. And see, that's the thing about God. When you're adamant and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt You ever met people where, and and, and I like to use kids, for example, because children in their innocence, they carry a lot of power to persuade people. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. Let me repeat that. Children in their 
innocence. They carry a lot of power to persuade people. You want to put out some donations, place some children on the platform. You want to be able to stand and believe in something, put them children on the pedestal. Because you got people, they can see their children do wrong and they still will advocate for them because they believe in them, even when they know they're doing wrong. And this is how God is even with us. Even when he know we messed up, he still will believe in us even when we don't believe in ourselves. And there's nothing wrong with believing in what you believe in. That's why I'm not trying to strong arm anybody to like what I say. I'm not trying to strong anybody to go along with my way. But at the same token in time, (laughs) they cannot get that right to do it unto me. Especially when I see that their way make them keep falling on their face every time, every time you ever met people like that, they you, they'll call you and ask you for advice. You give it to them and they want to tell you how everybody else thinks. Well, call everybody. Do that. But when you keep falling on your face like the same people who keep falling that gives you this advice, then they want to feel either shame to come back. And, 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 and say anything to you or they find themselves going back over the same test. And this is where I stand adamant today. Was I always passing the test? Absolutely not. Did I always walk in something I adamantly believed in? Absolutely. I did. Because, see, I had this firm belief, even if I believe it to the bitter end, if I make a mistake, it's mine. If I got to go to hell for it, I'm going for myself. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. You people don't get to dictate to me because I got a right mind. I got a conscious mind and I also have a relationship to have a God mind. Hello. Now, when people are oblivious of that. And they have not made the connection with God. And I'm talking about God in the spirit. I'm not talking about their flesh and their their objects. I'm talking about a deep down relationship with God that will walk with you and talk with you and tell you that's the wrong way to go. Even though I go the wrong way, I said, God, I know you told me that was the wrong way to go, but I just want to try it. I just want to test it. I just want to see. I just want, this is a desire. Oh, God help me today. And it's not a mandate. But if I make the wrong choice in my desire, even if I ask God for the wrong thing in my desire, I said, God, but that's my choice to make. And I got to live with it. Hello. See, I don't want to make the wrong choice because somebody else persuaded me and I have to live with it. So I make my own choice. My own free will choice. And I tell people when they ask me for advice, listen, if this, if it was me, that's why I use that phrase. If it was me, this, I would do thus such and so if it was me. But see, it's not me. Because when you ask my opinion, I'm going to tell you how I would handle it and what I would do. But that don't mean that's the choice you have to make. But I'm a firm believer. If When I call people to ask the advice, I called a brother last night to ask him some advice. And I wouldn't call to ask anybody for advice if I'm not willing to embrace what they say. You know what that says to me? The people I call for advice, that means I trust their opinion. Hello? And once I stop trusting their opinion, it's not for me to tell them where everybody else always say this. So what? Then I need to call everybody else. Hello? Because that means your opinion no longer matters to me. But first off, I'm not finna call anybody and ask anybody their opinion if it's not going to matter. Yeah, I may not digest what they say. But at least I'm not going to throw in their face what everybody else say when I call them. Hello, make it match and make it make sense. So when I'm adamant about something, and this is a thing I know it it has vexed people about me and my personality. 
Trust me, I know this. And at the end of the day, let me tell you something. I really can give a flying fish because if I concern myself with all the naysayers who are confused and don't understand me, you know how much of my thought process will be consumed with that? I got other things to think about. As people say, I have bigger fish to fry. Hello? That's one thing about fishing. When you see them little teeny, 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 tiny fish, you get thrown back in the water. You got bigger fish to catch and bigger fish to fry. And sometimes people get beside themselves because I want I don't want to burp them. I don't want to burp them. I don't want to pat a cake with them. And I don't want to massage their emotions. Hello. Sometimes you grow beyond that. You realize you don't have time to do that. Once you've executed something repeatedly, repeatedly, year after year after year after year, I don't care who it is in the real world of reality. One thing I did not do, I was not going to be changing pampers from neither one of my babies at no seven years old, three years old, and even two years old. I'm just talking about me. That's why I say if it was me, I made it a point that I was tired of buying pampers and pull-ups with my money when they can go to the pot. Just like everybody else. But what I had to do was realize when they obtain the ability to learn better. I need you to grab this. When a person obtains the ability to learn better, then to me, everything after that is nothing but an excuse. Hello. Let me repeat that. When a person obtains the ability to know better. Then it's up to them to choose to do better. And they have a free will choice. But let me tell you why people sometimes get vexed with me. Because I don't have time to patticate with people who have the ability to know better. And this is my meter. Now, this is my meter why people know better. When you have a conversation with me and you're trying to convince me of your theoretical, logical reasoning, the advice you tell me, you tell a hundred other people, the conversations you tell me, you talk with other people. This is my meter to know where you got enough sense then to comprehend. You You have the ability. Now, once you have the ability to execute to me, you can comprehend because we're having conversations. We're having conversations over five years, 10 years, 30 years. This is why I got a thing with people who dictate how other people need to do with their children. Because if you ain't raised this child or you haven't been around this child or you haven't spent more time with this child than me. Then what gives you the authority to think you learned this child better than me? Now, you may pick up some little tidbits, but that's why sometimes you find me, I buy gracefully. I say, well, listen, you know your child better than me because you live with them. And that's the key to knowing people. You must learn them. Even if you don't live with them, you must learn them. How do we do that? We, We don't live with God. But how do we learn of God? We study. You study that individual. You know what make them tick tock and don't stop. And when I listen to people who have all this tremendous advice that they can always say, well, I should have told them. Because I talk to people like that. Well, you should have told them to do this, this, this and such and so. Now I'm paying attention because one thing about me. I'm a keen listener. If I talk a lot, trust me, multiply my ability to talk by three. And that's my hearing ability. So if I'm listening to a person that always can regurgitate or reiterate advice that I should have shared with other people, I can be talking to them and I'm telling you people I know. And I can say, well, you know, I was talking to this person and they said that and they'll say, well, you should have told them to do this and such and so. And you should have told them to do. Well, if you got all this logical reasoning advice for other people, I find it and I, and I got to say it to you on the real wrong. I find it a piss poor person who will not apply advice in your own life. 
So then that means it's not because you don't have the ability to do so. It's because you don't do so. So therefore, when a person has the ability, because this is kind of how the conversation was spiraling. And sometimes I get on my soapbox about a lot of things. And this person was feeling that I should exert more time and energy into a realm of people's. Because of their biological connection with me. And I and see, this is the thing. But when you know people better than other people, I'm just saying. And you know these are people who can always give you advice. Always tell you what they know is right or wrong. Always can tell you something about God. They can tell you they talk with God too. They can tell you what the Spirit told them. They can tell you what they think they know that they know that they know. So then guess what? That means I don't, I, don't, I don't need to exert energy into trying to teach, train, or show anybody something that they've already declared and decreed they know. Hello. How many of you know that? There's a time and season for everything under the sun. And when you see that your season is over because whatever salt and ingredients you done put in this food, then it's time to go on to a new dish. Or we create another dish. But even in that, this is why you stay adamant. When you know that you know that you know that you know. And this is why sometimes I sit back and I don't say a word. Because you can always tell when people decide to get advice from others. And most of the time, listen to me, you got to grant this. People will migrate to get advice from people who they want to go along with them. If it differs from what they desire, listen, it's not a matter that your advice is not good. It's a matter of they don't want to do what your advice is. And that's okay by Alfredo. Hello? Because I'm not here to strong arm anybody. I'm a free will choice with a free will spirit. And I give other people the free will liberty. Make your own choice because at the end of the day, no matter what I stand on, my belief. You got the answer to God for your, your words, your deeds, and your own actions. I'm just here to study and guide. I'm here to do execution for God. And in that purpose, I don't label and tag anybody. Whoever God allows to come into my pathway. That is what I'm supposed to do. It's not for me to push Myself in nobody's house is not for me to push myself to exert myself in nobody's business. If they don't want to share it, I'm not calling to inquire. Hello? Because, see, I have enough of my business of my own to mind my business. But then you have people, listen, you got to grab this. Because if you're adamant about making decisions based upon your belief, Especially when your belief is your committed, let me use this word, committed relationship with God. You're not supposed to be persuaded. You're not supposed to change your mind. And don't let anybody convince you that you're supposed to change your mind. You're not ever supposed to go against what God instructs you to do for nobody. If God did it, God will bring you through. If God told you what to do, God will reveal the reason why. Have you ever made a decision that you couldn't understand why you made it, but later in life, God revealed why? That's why I say I don't fall out with folks. If my advice is not sufficient, I'm not upset for somebody to go somewhere else. I'm a firm believer. My pastor used to say, go where you can grow and be led where you can be fed. Whatever you do, try your best to do the best that you can do. This is what the conversation is all about with me, with anybody. Because that's what I'm going to do for myself. Because I love myself. I love my neighbor and I definitely love God. But my job is not to persuade people to be like me. My job is not to teach people and coach people to even talk like me or walk like me. My job is to just relinquish the truth. And if the truth don't make a person free, (laughs) 
They're going to never be free indeed. They will always be in bondage. They will always be bound. It doesn't matter who they talk to. Hello. Because sooner or later, whoever they talking to, they'll begin to see that's a bond. That's a spirit of bondage. Because let me tell you what a spirit of bondage is. When you know you're wrong and you want people to go along with your wrong, you're in bondage. Because, see, it, it, it's bad enough when a person can't acknowledge their own faults. And they act like they forget every single thing they ever did wrong when it was wrong. Because they're trying to do something right. And then they try to overpersuade you that, that this is not what they do. I could give a kitty cat litter what they doing. That's not my business. My business is only concerned, and this is the way we need to start moving forward in the world. My only concern in business is my own soul salvation. Everything outside of that is that we're either sharpening iron, sharpening iron. That means we're helping one another. We're strengthening one another. We're sharing. And you should be able to share with me, and I'll be able to share with you. Just like the person this morning. There's no way in the world. And they said they hope they offend me. I kind of found that a little offensive because it's like I'm never offended for somebody to share with me. Their beliefs and their opinions and their thoughts, even when it comes to me. Hello. But the thing is, they wanted to share that because I'm so adamant. My execution is not always embraced by people. And you know what I said? I agreed with them. I totally agreed. I said, you know, I was having a conversation with someone last night. And what I said to the person, because the person was saying that I was teaching above my time and and, and it was a family member. And they said, you know, it's so many things you used to say to me, but it was it was a future teaching. I couldn't get it then. But now that I'm getting it now, some years later. But this is the thing about all of us. We all stand in that. And that's why I said I don't fall out with people. I had to be taught the same way. You know how much stuff my grandmother, the old school people used to say back in our time? I'm talking about the neighbors back in our time in the 60s, the 50s, the 60s, and a little bit of the 70s. Let me tell you all something. If you didn't come up in that era, you can definitely not understand. But they would tell us some harsh teaching. And they made it short, quick, to the point they did not take a stand down. They did not stand down when they said, if you think you when you start smelling yourself, you need to get out and get your own place. You listen. They stood by that when they told us if you make your bed hard, you got to sleep in it. They stood by that. And of course, we thought they were so hard when I had children. I'm not going to be like that. That's just too hard. I'm going to still help my children, even if they grown. Because when we got grown and on our own, a lot of us, we we ha- we had no choice but to stand and go through. We didn't have all this counseling and coaching readily available. It was what they say. Or you had to get out their house. Okay. Plain and simple. Now, there were other parents who allowed grown-ups to stay in there. And you know what ended up happening with a lot of those grown-ups? They never succeeded. They, they Their parents allowed them to become codependent. And so those children never really thrived a lot in society. As a matter of fact, when I recalled by reflecting... Coming up, most of the children that stayed in their parents' house and still in their parents' house, the majority, let me say the majority, because, you know, there's always an exception to every situation and every rule. But the majority of those people, they became mentally and emotionally dysfunctional because they had not gotten out and experienced on their own the ways of survival. And oftentimes when that happened, once a parent transition that leaves that person in a state of mind with so many lacks and limitations. And this is why I never wanted to hold any of my children down. I don't want to hold anybody down. My husbands, my friends, nobody. Because I believe that when God allowed us to be birthed into this earth, he did it that we all come to a realization and knowledge of our purpose. 
And in my purpose and plan class, that's one of the things I try to spearhead for people. Don't get so caught up in a person's tone or voice. If you're looking for somebody to always agree, and and this is the thing, it's nothing wrong with agreeing with the person if that person is in their rights. This is where a lot of people have a problem with me. I'm not going to agree with anything when it's out of order. I'm not going to agree with anything when it's wrong. I'm not going to agree. It doesn't matter if I did it, they did it, and anybody else did it. I don't agree with a lot of wrong stuff I did. So I'm definitely not going to agree with the wrong stuff anybody else do. Hello. Anything I was convicted about when I was younger. That means I didn't agree with it. That's what conviction means. Hello. Conviction is a part of your inward part that you know you've done something wrong, but you know it's wrong and you don't even agree with your own wrong. Hello. That's what's called a spirit of conviction. But some people not convicted. Because when you're convicted, you're going to feel remorse. And when you feel remorse, you want to make things right. You want to repent. You want to change and make things right. That's what remorse do. When you're in a court of law, if you're remorseful, see, this is the thing. Not only will man court show you grace and leniency, but God court will show you mercy, grace, and leniency. Because I tell people, there are three types of orders of laws. There's the law of the land, there's the law of the man, and there's the law of the heavens. I'm just saying, the law of the land, the law of the man, and the laws of heaven. And we cannot escape them so long as we have everlasting life. When we die, we definitely live by the laws of heaven. When we're in this land, we're going to have to adjust to the laws of the land and the laws of man. Now, let me break it down so I can tell you what the laws of the land. The laws of the land is nature. That's the stuff that we have no control. The trees that grow that we don't plant. Hello. The, the, The animals and the lions and the tigers and bears. Oh, my. That we don't birth. Those come from the laws that some things in this land we have no control over. Man has not the ability to either tame or eliminate. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. They can cut down as many trees as they want. God will grow some up on the mountaintop. I'm just saying. There are certain laws that are generated in all three of those laws. Oh, God help me today. Are all orchestrated and mandated by God. God is the head ring leader to rule the laws of the land, the laws of man, and the laws in the heaven. And this is why I'm adamant because I serve the chief master, the highest power of all the laws. And therefore, as long as I know that I know that I know, That that's the ultimate answer that tells me, leads me, and guides me. All the rest of them people, they come secondary. I'm just saying. I'm going with God first. If I have to go all by myself, that's where Alfreda at. That's Alfreda adamancy. And I will not take down. And that's what has happened in this land. You got so many people taking down from the power and persuasion of a conversation. That's all it takes. That's all it takes is a conversation and people will fall clean off their center. They will fall for everything against the word of God. And this is why there's a prevalent spirit of the love of men. It's waxing cold because what people are sitting back and dictating to people what love is and what it isn't has nothing to do with God. 
because they're teaching people that love is mandated by a feeling. Love is mandated because of certain position that a person holds in the family. But I'm here to tell you that's a lie and the father of lies is the devil. So the devil is a lie. It has absolutely none of that is going to coexist in the spirit world of the spirit laws of heaven. Let me tell you why. Let's go to the lady at the well. Hello. Oh God, I thank you. The lady at the well, she met Jesus, right? This in the Bible, in the book of Matthews. And so the Jesus was telling her, he asked her some questions though. See, that's how you get to know people. You ask some questions. Believe me, you will never learn much about a person unless they like me. They just open up and, and let it fall out. But if people don't talk much, to get to know them is going to be harder. See, it's easy to figure me out because I talk a lot. And, you know, that's why I don't know why anybody should be perplexed. Because what I say is what I mean and I stand by my words. Okay. If, if anybody talk a lot, it don't take soon to figure them out if they honest. Let me see it. Let me throw that word in there. If they're honest. Because you got some people talk a lot, but they give you a whole boat full of lies. Okay. Because I know some of them too. But if they're honest and you listen and pay attention, you will learn a lot about people. But if people don't talk a lot, it takes you longer to figure them out because you don't have much to draw from. But it's good to ask questions when you want to figure people out, if they're honest. So Jesus met the woman at the well. Hello. <laughs> and he talked to the woman for a minute and he asked the woman, listen, you got to grab this. He asked this woman. He said, um, I can, I, uh, something, wait now, wait, let me get, let me get it right. He asked her about her husband. And so she said to Jesus that she didn't have one. And he told her, and right you are. Because you've been married. And, and, and he told her how many times. And she said, oh, how did this man know this? Now, 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 let me, let me first, let me, let me give you a little backdrop. Let me, let me, cause see, you know, I'm trying to piece together the story because this is how my, my philosophical mind is. When you have so much up in your head. And scriptures and, and recall and rememory, you got to make sure you get it right. Cause sometimes I misquote. See, I can, I can own my truth. Sometimes I make a mistake where I meant to say Joseph. I say, I say, I say John. And sometimes, I mean, cause it comes in the course of a conversation, but that's why I want people to investigate and learn for yourself. That's why the word of God said, even when people call you for advice, take the yoke and learn for yourself. Okay, now let me get it right. Instead of Matthew, I meant John. Okay, the woman at the well is in John. Because see, I'm going to tell y'all, and you probably hear other podcasts. I get it twisted like that a little bit. Now, this woman at the well, she was considered a Samaritan. That was a remnant of people. You know, just like you got different cultural people from different backgrounds like Indian chiefs and stuff. So when this Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus saw her. And he asked her, he said, will you give me a drink? And so this lady at the well, she said, yes. So he came to this town in Samaria. And near that place where uh, I think it was Jacob's well. I think it was Jacob's well, if I'm not mistaken. So when they was at this well. And he was going through Samaritan when he saw this woman. And this woman came to draw water. And I was watching something on B, not BT, uh, what are you, YouTube the other day. And they, it was a historical biblical channel. And they said that was pretty much the women's duty back in the Bible days to draw water. So the man that was with the lady on this uh this tour of history in, in today's time, he tried drawing water and he was like, Ooh, this is not as easy as it, you know, you be thinking because women do it. But he realized that was a hard task. 
It's not easy for women to keep drawing. And they had to. And then this is what the lady was saying, you know, on 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 the, on the YouTube. It was YouTube that, that she was saying this was something they did throughout the day. They had to give water to to the visitors, to the to the hired men, to their men. They had to give water even to the animals. And sometimes they had to take water and just water some of the crops, depending upon whatever in their yard. So they didn't have water holes and water faucets and water speakers. That's why I'm saying some of these people complain about the simple luxury. Oh, please. You need to be thankful every day. Just think about that. But anyway, the lady that drew water, because y'all know me, I get off track, so I got to get myself back on. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This Samaritan woman said to him, I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Because, see, they don't usually mix culture. Because, see, the Jews, they did not associate with the Samaritans. So Jesus answered her and he said, if you knew the gift of God. See, that's what I'm saying. You got to be adamant about something. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for this drink, you would not ask him. And he would have given you living water. See, see, you wouldn't have been even worried about I'm not your culture. If you really knew me, see that's why I said people got to learn you. Some things people wouldn't even ask you, and some things people just wouldn't fall out with you about if they know you. So Jesus telling this lady not later, if you really knew me, you would be thankful that I'm asking you for some water. Because then I'm here to give you this living water, this water. You never have to come to the well and, 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 and pull up out a bucket anymore. So the woman said to Jesus, who had nothing to draw with, and, and, and the well is deep. And, and, and where can you get this living water? Because she listening to Jesus. See, this is, this is what I'm saying. You got to filter what somebody say. Hello. Now, here she is looking at Jesus. She said she don't see no bucket. She don't see no, no lantern. The thing you scoop the water with. So, how you going to give me this water and I don't see any tools you have to present? Hello. But Jesus was not talking about the physical ramifications of that water. He was talking about the spiritual, true, and living water. Oh, I'm getting excited in myself. Are you greater? That, so Jesus said, so, where, so she said, where can you get this living water? That's a question. Are you greater than our father Jacob? Because she knew Jacob was the one that built the well. Who gave us the well and drew from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock. Yes, y'all, I had to pull it up because you know I ain't want to get too far off track in my in, in my in my in my parable of it. So so the spirit said, pull it up. Why are you on your podcast? So you can give it to them the correct way. And Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whosoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. I hope people got that. I don't thirst. I'm not thirsty. I'm not no thirsty chick. I'm not no thirsty female. And sometimes people be looking for me that think I got to react and respond. I'm not thirsty, boo. Hello. I'm not a thirsty girl. Because I know where my water come from. And I'm talking about spiritually. I'm not thirsty. When I call people, I call hoping that iron can sharpen iron. If people need coaching, they need to call me because I'm not thirsty. Because I got the living water and I don't never thirst. See, when Jesus said that, I got that. Hello. And that don't make me think I know everything. I just know where the well was dug. I know where the well is that the one bigger than what Jacob made. Okay. And this is why I don't understand people. Don't teach and tell me about your relationship with God. But then at the same time, you think I need to conform to your feelings and your emotions. Well, if we know God, then our relationship with people that know God should be iron sharpening iron. Hello, as the countenance of a friend, not family, as a friend. This ain't got nothing to do with the bloodline as a friend. Because the Bible said that's the type of mentality that sticks closer than a natural brother. Okay, hello.
And you got to only know how to be that kind of friend when you have an adamant relationship of belief in God. And if you don't see evidence of that, then either that person lying to you or us, or they living in a delusion. A delusion is something you think that's there that's not there. Hello? So if your mind is in a delusion and you think you got a relationship with God, but you always thirsty, hello, then you need to go to the real well and not to the Jacob well. So the lady said to him, indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. I mean, Jesus said, I'm sorry. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water, y'all got to get this. Everyone. He didn't say someone. He didn't say just me. He said, everyone who drinks this water. Oh, God, help me today. Let me say that again. This water. And I got to put some emphasis. This water. Everyone who drinks this water. So what water are you drinking? Hello. Is it Fuji? He said, we'll be thirsty again. Everyone who drink this water, that means that water that everybody try to bring in your ear and put in your ear and tell you this and think you need to go along with the cultural traditions and all this stuff. He said, everybody who drink this water will be thirsty again. That's natural water. That's why you can't let people dictate your life based upon natural feelings and emotions. People who live in their feelings make more mistakes in life. I can guarantee you most of them people, if you look at the pattern of their life, they never owned a home. They never went to a car lot and bought a brand new car. They don't want to know what it feels like to probably ever even taste $50,000, which ain't nothing but a bunch of crumbs. They never traveled all over the world. Listen to me because they're drinking this water. They drinking the emotional feelings of water. But Jesus answered and said, everyone who drinks this water, listen, you got to get this, this water is and will be thirsty again. I asked the question, are you a thirsty chick? Are you a thirsty dude? You can't get somebody in one relationship, sit down and settle down. You're thirsty. And Jesus said, everyone, I see I ain't picking on nobody. That's what Jesus said. Everyone who, who drinks this water will be thirsty again. That's why I say, I, I, I know why I'm not thirsty. He said, but, 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 this three, three, three letter big word. This is one of the biggest words in the dictionary, not by number. But by the meaning, he said, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never. You see, you got to get. See, see, I'm a word person. Listen to me. Never is an eternal word. Everlasting is an eternal word. Forever is an eternal word. Those three words right there, that means it will never die. It will never end. It is it's continuous. Even if your life ends, it'll still be there. So never means never. That's why it's good not to never say never when you don't know it'll ever be never. Hello? Don't be quick to say never. And I listen to people when they say, I ain't going to never do that no more. Well, don't say that because you don't know that. That means you living in a delusion of a lie even before the manifestation. Because you can't say what you will never do if you don't ever know how long it's going to be and what situation going to occur to make you do that. Now, the only thing I will stand adamant on, and I can't even say I will for, I won't never turn my back on God. I can't say that because I don't know. I want to hope and pray I don't, but I can't say that because never had ever got here. It's an eternal word. But Jesus made a promise. See, so that's why I tell people I stand on the promises of God. I don't stand on Alfreda promises because I can't promise nobody anything. 
Listen to me. Let me repeat that. I cannot promise anybody anything and know whether or not I can keep it. So I don't even make promises. My grandma used to tell me not to do that, but I couldn't understand that. Must it don't make a promise because it better not to make one if you can't make one and keep one. Even in some of these marriage vows, they need to take us a lot of that stuff out because we don't even know. We just be telling lies in the church, telling lies at the altar, telling lies before God and the witnesses. Hello. It's just a bunch of, it's a conformality of a tradition. But let me, let me, let me, let me let get off track. When Jesus said, I, whosoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, listen, you got to grab this. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life that means we should never ever when we get that's why i say i can be adamant to say i believe in god all the way and god promises so god promised me that if i take and drink of his water he said now Alfredo said god said that i will he will give me a spring of water welling up that i can live off for my eternal life that means now that i'm living and even after i'm dead that's why i stay in the spirit because i follow after the spirit of the word of god the promises of the word of god you don't hear me now And when I take this water of the word and I eat and I drink, I'm not hungry. I'm not thirsty. I'm not needy because that's all that's required in a day to eat, drink and be merry and know God. Everything outside of that ramification is vanity and vexation of the spirit. Hello. So the woman said to him, sir, give me this water. So that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go, call your husband and come back. Y'all got to get this part because this is what led me to give you this. Jesus said to her, and, and, and she said to him, I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus said to her, you are right. When you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. Now, I know that probably perplexed her. You know how sometimes you talk to people, you give them a response, but they, you give them a reply, and they really be perplexed. Because they looking at, they don't feel to, so it's all about, they think, what you mean? I ain't got no husband. I got a man now. And I, and I, and. So he said, what you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worship on this mountain. But you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. See, she, she's still looking at the emotional, physical ramifications. Father, neither on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. Oh, God, help me today. So many people worshiping what they do not know. He said, we worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers. Okay, see, 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 listen, you got to grab that now. He told her, okay, your culture, people, your family, your kin, folks, and family and friends, they do things this way. Even the Jews, yeah, we feel like we the main ones because, you know, you know, we descendants. I'm a Jew and I'm Christ, you know, that we got it the right way. But listen to what Jesus said. Listen, you got to grab this. He said, yet a time is coming, which we in now, and has not come when the true worshipers, you got to get that word, the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit. I hope y'all got that. 
You did not hear what the spirit had to say. That's my interpretation of what I just said in tongue. Hear what the spirit had to say. So Jesus was telling her, this is not about your culture of people, my culture of people, even me. The time is coming where true worshipers, they are all only, they are only concerned. Their only concern will to worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit. Oh God, this good. And in truth. So the woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, will he he will explain everything to us. Okay, see that that folk. God done sent the people to explain the truth, and you still don't recognize them. Hello, oh God, this is good. Then it said, Jesus declared, I am the one speaking to you. I am he. And after that, it said, just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with the woman. But nobody asked no question. And nobody asked, why are you talking with her? But this is the thing. When Jesus told a woman that neither not, none of her husbands, because in heaven, guess what? There is no bloodline. In heaven, there is no such thing as blood is thicker than water. I'm just saying. See, when we get all these traditionalized ways of teaching and we get stuck in, in, in the ramifications. Look, I'm going to minister to whoever God sends to me to minister in my mandate. When you go through the Bible, God sent some people to minister to people who was already hard-headed and wasn't going to change their ways. That was Ezekiel and Jeremiah. He told them, don't even worry about their faces. But when their assignment was over, it was over. God don't need you to keep beating over people's head and teach. I don't care if they in your family. If you have ministered to those people for 10, 20, and 30 years, and they have seen the work you do, because a lot of ministry is not even by words. A lot of things people minister through their conduct and their character. And if you know that this person ain't never stole from you, ain't never called on you, reported you, did anything to throw you under the bus. Listen, if that ain't not enough to convince you that this person that you know all they have ever tried to do was help you, then guess what? That's what's a ministry all in itself. If people can't see the sign, just like this lady, she's standing right there looking at Jesus and she still don't recognize that spirit, okay? She thought he was a prophet and that's what sometimes people do. They'll thank you somebody that God ain't even mandated you to be here for, which he is a prophet, but he was bigger than that. It was bigger than that. But the main thing he was letting her know, listen, you got to worship the father. You need the thirst and hunger after the father where he was talking about water. So thirsty. You need to drink this water where you will never be thirsty again. And all these people run around and they need all this declaration and explanation. And they need you to keep regurgitating and, and, and keep showing them who you think you are or who you think you not are or who they are to you. And they connect. Listen, if you connected to people, be connected. If you don't want to be connected, don't be connected. But people need to stop running around here and just Acting like everything is about somebody else. Find out for yourself. I'm just saying, I talk about that in my first book, the name and blame game. It's time out. I'm so sick of folks blaming everybody for every little thing they don't feel. So what? Stop thirsting. Don't be no thirsty chick because I'm going to tell you something for real, for real. You want to turn off a man, be thirsty. Only way a man like a thirsty woman, he got a lot of insecurities. I'm just saying, that's a red flag. I just thought I'd throw that little tidbit out there. You know, because that's why I say I just give people tips and tools. You take tools and you can fix whatever you choose to fix. If them tools don't work right for you, go find you some more. You take tips and tips is just that. 
It's a tip. It's something somebody offer you. That means they ain't obligated to give it to you. But then they might feel like, hey, because of who you are or because, you know, they appreciate you coming to the table and doing what they do, they'll give you a tip. That's all I'm here to do. Give tips and tools. It's up to that what people choose to do with them. That's why I don't fall out with nobody about nothing. As long as you tell the truth. You because we can't worship God if we don't tell the truth. And if somebody asks me a question and I tell them the truth, you know, they're going to go back and twist it up. Somebody asked me, well, will you be willing to keep so and so and so? I said, no, now see you, you the second, third person. I asked me that question. Let me give you my honest answer. I'm going to tell you what I told them and I'm going to tell you. So I don't have to run for my truth. People hear what I say as my truth and they don't like my, my truth is keeping my word to repeat what I said that I said to the best of my ability. That's the truth. And my truth keeps my spirit open to God. It doesn't mean somebody got to like it or they got to love it. Because at the end of the day, that's the greatest maturity I have learned along the way. Did I always learn it? Absolutely not. I cried a many tears trying to figure out why people didn't like me. I'm not finna sit here and act like I did. I'm emotional too. I, I had to learn how to process past mine too. See, I don't talk to people about something that I haven't done before. That's why I told a person this morning, I'm adamant because I've been tried and tested. Hello? And when you keep flunking a test, you sooner or later want to pass it so you can get promoted from glory to glory and grade to grade. Because otherwise, that means you retain and you keep getting stuck in the same position. But when you want to get promoted, oh, God help me today. You got to pass the test. And my greatest test that I had to pass was everybody not going to like me. Okay. Be it family, friends, or foe, everybody not going to like you. If you think you're going to live in this world that everybody is going to like you, you are in for a rude awakening because you are living in a delusion. I'm just telling you. There are some people that will love you. There are some people will like you. And there are some people that will hate you. And some people won't know either way because everybody will not know everybody in this whole world. I don't care how large a celebrity you may become. It's going to be someone back in a corner somewhere that's never heard of you. I asked somebody this morning, I said, isn't that a shame about the lawsuit with Lizzo? They said, who is that? I don't know her. I said, you never heard of Lizzo? They said, no, no, I never heard of her. So, you know, as much and we in America, there are people that still don't know her. And there are people that sure don't know you. And there are people who know you and won't like you. And there are people who know you and do like you. And there are people who know you and will love you. But it's going to always be somebody who don't. It's the main thing. And what do you do when somebody don't like your truth? When somebody don't like God's truth? Well, if you learn to be okay with it. And that was one of the most seasoned lessons I learned in getting to become a woman. Everybody just won't like you. Everybody just won't love you. Because some people don't know how to love. That's why they won't love you. And some people won't like you because you won't do what they want you to do. Hello? You will not do what they want you to do. And, and, and sometimes people want you to do things because they trying to make something happen. But that ain't what God said do. Because, see, God has me on a mission. And when people omit to do their own things, that's one of the things. And I'm going to put a pen in the podcast. I never, you know, I had a, a house full of children. And people wouldn't keep my children. And I, and I didn't get upset about it. And I had one child people would come and get all the time, my, my ex-sister-in-law. She would just get that one child. And if I listen to people, people say, if I were you, I wouldn't let her get Nan child. And she couldn't get all of my children. People always got something to say. Always. But they the main ones. I would listen and look right at them and say, 
Well, I don't see you coming to keep now. See, I knew how to get people off of me. That's what a lot of people thought. I'm adamant about doing that, too. You can back, back. And them children say, back, back, beep, beep, back, back. And that's what has happened. People can dictate to you, I wouldn't take that. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I never fell out with nobody because I birthed those children. And it was my responsibility according to Deuteronomy 6th chapter. And if somebody did, I appreciate them. If nobody did, I ain't fall out with them. You know why? And I raised my children to be very manable. You ain't get no scary phone calls from Alfreda telling you my child hit me and my child fight me. And my child, I told them to wash dishes, and they let them sit there for two days. You ain't finna, my child steal. My child got caught in lines. My child doing all kinds. No, you, you I, my children wasn't even like that. And folks still wouldn't keep them. Hello. Oh, God, help me today. And I ain't fall out with them. So people, listen. Be adamant on what you believe. Stand on what you believe. Because I'm going to do the same. But more than anything, I'm going to be adamant because I want to make it into heaven. And I would never tell anybody anything that will not help them look and find a way in the Bible to know what God say. Because what God say is what gives us the promises to drink from the well. And not be thirsty. And on that note, may the blessings from heaven flow, flow, flow down into your lives. Meet all of your needs, even the things your heart desires. And may you continue to prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prosper. Let your soul prosper. Be joyful in the Lord and stop holding and harboring anything against somebody because they don't agree with what you want. Don't worry about it because they got the right to do that. Hello and so do you. God bless and bye for now.